Nats Chat is brought to you by Walters. Trying to get a beer before or after a Nats game and are unable to get the bartender's attention? Well, Walters has solved that problem and more. Welcome to Walters, where Walters 24 self pour beer wall awaits you. Ask your server for a beer card and hit the beer wall, pay by the ounce, and try a few suds before you settle on your favorite. Follow us on Untapped to get notified of all the new beers we bring in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now Stratton coming set. Here's the pitch. Swing and a drive hit well. Deep left center field. Way back. Going. Going. Gone. Zoom goes Michael Franco off the back wall of the visitors' bullpen, well beyond the 377-foot marker. A two-run homer for Franco, his seventh of the year. RBIs 33 and 34, and with one big swing, it's the Nationals three and the Pirates two. And welcome to Nats Chat for Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi Podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the Nats Chat Podcast. And for once, I feel like I have a solo show here and we have a Nats win to discuss. So that's a good thing. The Nats are winning more than the Nats are losing here lately. Uh, The Nats now have won five of their last seven games. Monday night, a 3-2 come-from-behind win over the Pittsburgh Pirates at Nationals Park in Game 1 of a three-game series. The Nats, who have done so little in the latter innings of games this season, did quite a bit in the latter innings of this game in terms of delivering a big moment and coming through to hold on for the win. The Nats overcame a 2-1 eighth-inning deficit. Nats now are 28-48 and on the season. And like I said, the Nats now have won five of their last seven games. So good vibes, positive vibes with the Nats here these days. It's nice to be able to say something like that. How about what was the game-winning hit uh, for the Nats in this win on Monday night? So the Nats on Monday night, a mere one for 12 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, one for 12. This was a very frustrating game for the most part in terms of the Nats blowing chances to score runs. Uh, Take, for instance, Nelson Cruz. He on Monday night as the Nats starting DH and number four batter 0 for 4 with a strikeout left seven men on base. It's not often that you see in a box score a player having left seven men on base in a game, but sure enough, 
Nelson Cruz did that on Monday night. Cruz in the bottom of the third bases, loaded two outs, Nats down one nothing, grounded into a first pitch force out. Cruz bottom of the seventh, runners on first and second, two outs, Nats trailing 2-1, struck out swinging on four pitches. But he wasn't the only culprit. Kbert Ruiz on Monday night as an Nats starting catcher, number six batter, 0 for 4, left three men on base. So this was very much looking like one of these games this season for the Nats in which the Nats were going to end up not doing much offensively, despite having had some base runners. And then Michael Franco happened. Now, Michael Franco, over his three previous games, had gone 0 for 11 with a walk. He did not appear to be in a very good place, but Franco on Monday night came through in the bottom of the eighth. A two-out first pitch, two-run homer to left field for a 3-2 Nats lead. And Nats went from being down 2-1 to being up 3-2. Uh, the homer went a projected 418 feet for Statcast. The homer was the Nats' lone hit with a runner in scoring position in the game. One for 12 is bad, but the one was a big one. Franco was the Nats' starting third baseman and number eight batter on Monday night. He went two for four with the two-run homer and a single. He, in the bottom of the third, had a leadoff opposite field single on a flare to shallow right field. Michael Franco has had some big hits this season. His overall numbers aren't great, but he, for this 2022 regular season, is number three on the Nats in runs batted in. Now, as you likely know, RBI, not my favorite stat. Uh, I think that you have to be really careful when you are showering a player with praise or criticism for his RBI total. But in this case, I do think that the RBI total is reflective of what Michael Franco has been for the Nats this season. Not a great player, but, you know, a decent player. I mean, that Michael Franco is number three on the Nats in RBI with 34, I think says something about what Michael Franco has been for the Nats so far this year. Remember, the Nats signed Franco to a minor league contract this past December. He was not supposed to be the Nats every game third baseman this season. Carter Keboom was, but Keboom has missed the entirety of this season due to injury. Franco has been thrust into this role of being the Nats every game third baseman. You know, he was really bad for the Orioles last season, so the Nats are getting anything in the way of even decent production from Franco this season is a plus, and he had another big hit with that two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth on Monday night. Also coming through for the Nats on Monday night, Luis Garcia. Now the set of the pitch. Garcia swings and hits one in the air to deep left. Back goes the left fielder, Swinski. It's over his head. One up off the wall. Garcia rounding first and cruising into second with his third hit of the game and second double. Second time he's led off an inning with a double. Third time he's led off an inning with a hit in this game. He scored the Nationals' run in the sixth. Now we'll see if they can get him home with a tying run here in the eighth. Boy, has Luis Garcia been a pleasure to watch as a batter since being recalled from AAA Rochester on June 1st. Garcia on Monday night as the Nats starting shortstop and number five batter, three for four with three leadoff hits, two doubles and a single. Uh, Garcia in the bottom of the fourth had a leadoff opposite field single to left field. Garcia in the Nats one run six had a leadoff double of the right center field scoreboard. And Garcia in that Nats two run eighth, a leadoff opposite field double to left field. Uh, Your updated numbers for Luis Garcia at the major league level in this 2022 regular season. 101 plate appearances, batting average of 337, on base percentage of 347, slugging percentage of 500. 
I mean, how about that? Luis Garcia's slash line is 337, 347, 500. Those are terrific offensive numbers. And the sample size now is growing. Uh, Luis Garcia recalled from AAA Rochester, like I said, on June 1st. So we're more or less at a month now of Garcia at the major league level in this 2022 regular season, and he is producing offensively. And it is starting to feel like the defense at shortstop, which of course was highly questionable, is stabilizing. I mean, I'm not trying to say that he's, you know, Ozzie Smith all of a sudden, but if for a while felt like every game there was some sort of a defensive miscue for Luis Garcia. Seems like we've gotten away from that a little bit here over the last week or so. So got to see more clearly, but the offense is playing, man. It feels like every game Luis Garcia is doing something of note offensively and Garcia on Monday night, a three-hit night. Uh, Juan Soto on Monday night got on base three more times. Uh, this is a game after he got on base five times. Uh, Soto in the Nats 6-4 win at the Texas Rangers on Sunday afternoon, got on base five times. He went one for one with a single and four walks. Uh, Soto on Monday night as the Nats starting right fielder and number two batter, two for three with two singles and a walk. Uh, Soto in the bottom of the first, a first pitch single through the right side of the infield, and Soto absolutely scorched that baseball. The hit had an exit velocity of 110 miles per hour per stat cast. Uh, Soto in the bottom of the third drew a two-out four-pitch walk, and Soto in the bottom of the seventh had a two-out infield single to the right side of the infield. You know, the Nats on Monday night only scored three runs, but the Nats finished with 10 hits and four walks. Uh, Again, one for 12 with runners in scoring position, but this game, instead of being, say, a 3-2 win over the Pirates at Nationals Park, could have been like a 6-2 win over the Pirates or something like that. I mean, the Nats had plenty of base runners, and the Nats actually had a good number of extra base hits in the game. Five of the Nats' 10 hits were extra base hits. The Nats had a home run and four doubles. Uh, Lane Thomas was the Nats' starting center fielder, a number nine batter. He went one for four with a double. He, in the bottom of the eighth, had a two-out opposite field double to right center field on a 1-2 pitch. Uh, Yadiel Hernandez was an ad starting left fielder, a number seven batter. He went one for four with a double and an RBI ground out. Uh, his double coming in the bottom of the fourth, a one-out opposite field ground rule double off the left field warning track. Nats have been racking up the doubles here lately. You still want to see more home runs, although we did get a big homer on Monday night, but the Nats have been getting uh, a good number of doubles here lately. Uh, it has been nice to see that. Uh, Nats have needed that. <laughs> Are you a law firm partner looking for a better situation for your practice and a blockbuster contract worthy of Juan Soto? If so, you should call Mason Kalfas of Zenith Legal in Washington, D.C. Works with law firms and lawyers on finding the perfect match. No platoons, just superstars. Some lawyers switch firms because of conflicts. Some lawyers switch firms for a better platform for their practice. And some lawyers switch firms for more money. You need the Scott Boris of legal headhunters working for you, and that's Mason. Mason will work with you to find a better fit for your practice and ultimately the best deal for you and your entire team. Call him today at 202-486-3535 or check out his website, zenithlegal.com. This is an unprecedented time in the legal market, and many top firms are looking to expand. Call Mason today. Zenith Legal also works with associates and distinguishes itself on personal service. Zenith Legal doesn't just spam resumes out to law firms. Zenith Legal talks to the right people and gets your resume in front of the decision makers who matter. Whether you are a Rainmaker partner or a mid-level associate, give Mason Kalfas at Zenith Legal a call today to accelerate your career. Call today, 202-486-3535.
Roaming Rooster, the best fried chicken sandwich in the DMV, is expanding. You've already seen our location by Section 238 at Nationals Park, but now we have recently opened locations in Pike and Rose in Maryland, and in Virginia, we now have Burke and Chantilly. Our chicken is grain-fed, antibiotic-free, and only free-range. Roaming Rooster is serving homemade enhanced bun milkshakes and frozen custard scoops at select locations and currently working on rolling them out to all locations. Next pitch, swung on, hit high in the air to deep right center field. This is way back, and this ball is gone. Goodbye. That one just never came down. A line shot to right center field, clears the 14-foot, 8-inch wall, and O'Neill Cruz... Takes Eric Fetty deep with two out here in the top of the fifth inning. So the Pirates lead 2-0. Eric Fetty, he was the Nats starting pitcher in their 3-2 win over the Pirates at Nationals Park on Monday night. So the Nats came into this game on Monday night having gotten good to great outings from starting pitchers in six of the team's last seven games. Uh, Fetty on Monday night certainly was not great, but he was good enough. Two runs in five innings. Uh, He gave up three hits, a homer a double and a single. He issued two walks. He recorded four strikeouts. His biggest problem was that he, again, was not pitch efficient. And this is, of course, a familiar problem for Eric Fetty. Uh, Fetty, over his five innings on Monday night, threw 100 pitches, 55 strikes versus 45 balls. The run prevention wasn't bad. Two runs in five innings, but you really would like to see him last for longer than five innings. Uh, Eric Fetty is essentially what you call a five-and-dive guy now. You know, you you really can't count on him for more than five innings. And that doesn't mean that he's always uh, really bad over his five innings of work or, you know, thereabouts. He actually has been decent for a good chunk of this season. But he just is not a guy who you go into a game looking at and saying, okay, that's our horse. You know, that guy's going to eat up six, seven, eight innings for us tonight. I mean, understand this. So this outing on Monday night for Fetty was his 15th start in the 2022 regular season. He has lasted for no more than six innings in 14 of these 15 starts. Think about that. No more than six innings in 14 of the 15 starts. He has lasted for fewer than six innings in 12 of the 15 starts. But two runs in five innings is not bad. That certainly does put you in a position to win the game. And the Nats did end up winning the game. Uh, Fetty on Monday night in the top of the second Gave up a run. He issued a leadoff five-pitch walk of Daniel Vogelback. Fetty gave up a one-out full-count ground rule double to Jack Sawinski off the right-field warning track. And then Fetty gave up a one-out RBI sack fly to Josh Van Meter for a one nothing Pirates lead. And then Fetty in the top of the fifth allowed a run. He gave up a two-out solo homer to O'Neill Cruz to center field for a 2-0 Pirates lead. Uh, the homer going a projected 408 feet per stat cast. O'Neill Cruz is one of the uh, premier prospects in baseball right now. Cruz, uh, as of this game on Monday night, was the number 21 prospect in baseball per MLB pipeline. So, you know, not greatness from Fetty on Monday night, certainly. But like I said, he put the Nats in a position to win. And I think, especially with this team this season, two runs in five innings, you'll take that. Uh, your Eric Fetty ERA for this 2022 regular season, now at 440. So Eric Fetty on Monday night lasted for five innings. The Nats' bullpen on Monday night ended up being really good. Three Nats relievers combined for four scoreless innings. Uh, Andres Machado tossed a scoreless top of the sixth. Carl Edwards Jr. tossed two scoreless innings with two strikeouts. The unstoppable force that is Carl Edwards Jr. for the Nats 
in this 2022 season continues. Edwards tossed a scoreless top of the seventh, then tossed a scoreless top of the eighth. How good has Carl Edwards Jr. been for the Nats? Your Carl Edwards Jr. ERA update now uh, at the major league level for this 2022 regular season. Because remember, Edwards was at the minor league level uh, for a decent chunk to begin this season, right? The Nats on May 10th selected the contract of Edwards from AAA Rochester. Nats in February signed Edwards to a minor league contract. So Edwards now in you know a little more than a, what, a month, six weeks, I guess at this point at the major league level, ERA of 233. And Davey Martinez on Monday night leaned on Carl Edwards Jr. to the tune of not one, but two innings of work. And Edwards rewarded that faith with two scoreless innings. He really and truly has emerged as a viable trade ship for the Nats. Uh, this has been a very encouraging development. And, you know, when we talk about the trade deadline, and that is still more than a month away, August 2nd, the trades have begun in MLB. Uh, perhaps you caught this on Monday. The Seattle Mariners on Monday acquired first baseman and DH Carlos Santana from the Kansas City Royals. So, you know, you have the trade deadline, but you don't have to make all of your trades like right up until the deadline. In other words, you don't have to make all the trades like right on the day before the deadline or the day of the deadline. You can make trades now. Uh, We have seen in the past the Nats acquire players well before MLB trade deadlines. If you remember the acquisition of reliever Kelvin Herrera a few years back, uh, that happened in June of that season. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm necessarily anticipating the Nats selling off the likes of Carl Edwards Jr. and Nelson Cruz and Josh Bell tomorrow, but I think you have to have that in the back of your mind right now. Like, we could have a trade coming for the Nats at any point here, especially now if the market has picked up with something like the Mariners acquiring Carlos Santana on Monday. But Carl Edwards Jr., I mean, to me right now, you talk about like the three most viable trade chips for the Nats, Nelson Cruz, Josh Bell, and Carl Edwards Jr. Like, (laughs) Edwards has joined those two, which is crazy to think, given where we were just a few months ago with him, but that's where we are with the guy now. So, Machado on Monday night, scoreless top of the sixth. Edwards on Monday night, two scoreless innings. And then Kyle Finnegan, and not Tanner Rainey, was used to close out the game. Now, remember, the Nats took their 3-2 lead in the bottom of the eighth on the two-run homer by Michael Franco. Finnegan ended up pitching the ninth. He tossed a scoreless top of the ninth for the save. Uh, This was only Finnegan's second save opportunity in this 2022 regular season. Now, he did give up a double in the ninth. Uh, Gave up a one-out double to Josh Van Meter, although this was kind of a weird double. Uh, The double came on a ball that was hit near the right field line and far away from Juan Soto in right field. Juan Soto plays a very deep right field. He appeared to think that this ball was going to land foul. The ball did not land foul. And so Soto playing deep in conjunction with him pretty clearly thinking that the ball was going to land foul resulted in him uh, not getting to the baseball in nearly enough time. And in the second goes Van Meter with a pop fly double. Soto is playing so deep a few steps from the warning track and off the line. He simply couldn't get there and he slowed up. Maybe he thought it was going to go foul. I don't know if he would have gotten to the baseball in enough time anyway. He initially, I don't think, was running as hard as he could. Then he started to pick up steam as he realized, oh boy, this ball might end up landing in fair territory. So anyway, kind of a weird double there for Van Meter off Finnegan. But Finnegan ended up tossing the scoreless top of the ninth. Now, The big thing that stands out if you're a Nats fan, of course, is, well, geez, isn't that interesting? Kyle Finnegan 
and not Tanner Rainey closed out the game. Well, Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Monday night said that part of this was due to Rainey having pitched on Sunday afternoon, but also was due to Finnegan having warmed up during the game on Monday night. Like I said, the Nats didn't get their lead until that bottom of the eighth on the Michael Franco two-run homer. And Davey's thinking was, well, I've already warmed up Finnegan. I don't want to burn Finnegan for Tuesday night's game two against the Pirates at Nationals Park due to him having thrown warm-up pitches on Monday night. So if I already have the guy warm, why don't I go ahead and use the guy to close out this game here on Monday night. I do get that, okay? I think like there definitely is a logic there to what Davey was saying during his postgame presser on Monday night. Now, I do think that we are seeing signs that Davey is trusting Kyle Finnegan more than Tanner Rainey right now. So you wonder if this was one of these circumstances in which uh, the circumstances were convenient and they sort of aligned with what Davey might have been thinking anyway. But like I said, there is a logic certainly to what Davey was saying on Monday night in terms of why Finnegan and not Rainey closed out the game. Good bounce back performance uh, for Finnegan. Keep in mind what happened with him in his previous outing, the uh, 3-2 loss at the Rangers on Saturday. Finnegan in the bottom of the ninth faced one batter, and the result was a leadoff walk-off homer by Adolis Garcia. By the way, the Nats on Monday made some roster moves with the bullpen. Uh, The Nats recalled Sam Clay from AAA Rochester and optioned Francisco Perez to Rochester. Perez in that win at the Rangers on Sunday afternoon was a mess. He was pitching in a game for the first time since June 17th, and uh, the rust, shall we say, showed. He allowed three runs, did not record a single out. A 6-1 Nats lead became a 6-4 Nats lead, and that's what prompted Davey Martinez to bring in Tanner Rainey to close out the game. Uh, Rainey in the bottom of the ninth on Sunday afternoon, faced four batters, and got three out. So you do see the domino effect of when one guy struggles, how that could impact another guy and impact the following day's game and maybe even games uh, beyond just the following day's game. But Rainey should not have had to pitch on Sunday. He ended up pitching on Sunday because Perez couldn't get the job done. And then Rainey did not end up pitching on Monday night. Although again, uh, that may have been in alignment with what Davey Martinez wanted anyway. And what ended up happening on Monday night uh, worked out as an ad's ended up coming through with a 3-2 come-from-behind win over the Pirates at Nationals Park. Hey guys, it's Al Galdi for Window Nation. It feels like everything is going up these days, including home prices. And so there's no better time to have the look of your home go up and the value of your home go up with new windows from Window Nation. Get two free windows with every two windows that you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Take advantage of this offer. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com and make sure that you tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. Window Nation windows are the best. The average Window Nation installer has over 16 years of experience with over 20,000 windows installed. Window Nation offers 1,500 custom window combinations, including vinyl, wood, and fiberglass. Window Nation is the best. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com and make sure that you ask for the deal that you heard about from Al Galdi. Two free windows for every two windows that you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. That's 866-90NATION or windownation.com. And make sure that you tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm honored to be a part of the staff. Uh, it seems like I've, I've known a lot of those guys for many, many years, played with some of them. I, you know, I played with it. Uh, EY Jr.'s dad in Chicago. So, um, you know, I'm excited about it. It'll be, be a lot of fun, you know, get to see uh, some familiar faces and, and hang out with, uh, with, with some coaches that I know. Also for the Nats on Monday, uh, Davey Martinez was selected to be a part of the upcoming 2022 MLB All-Star Game. Major League Baseball on Monday afternoon announced honorary coaches and staffs for the 2022 All-Star Game, which will take place at Dodger Stadium on July 19th. The press release put out by MLB included the following, quote, National League manager Brian Snitker of the defending world champion Atlanta Braves has asked Washington Nationals manager Dave Martinez and Dave Roberts of the host Los Angeles Dodgers to join him in the NL dugout End quote. I love that. Snitker asked Davey, hey, Davey, would you mind being on my staff for the All-Star game? Sure, Brian. Why the heck not? Uh, but a very nice gesture on the part of Brian Snitker. Presumably, he chose Davey because Davey never had the chance to be the NL's manager in the 2020 All-Star game. Uh, that should have been the case, right? Because the Nats won the World Series for the 2019 season. But there was no 2020 All-Star game due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, Davey Martinez has participated in All-Star games before. He served as an All-Star coach in 2018 when the All-Star game was held at Nationals Park. Uh, Davey also served as an All-Star coach in 2017 when he was a coach for the Chicago Cubs. And Davey served as an All-Star coach in 2009 
when Davey was a coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. So it's not like Brian Snitker in choosing Davey Martinez to be a part of the NL coaching staff for this year's All-Star Game is giving Davey the chance to do something that he has never done before. But this is a nice gesture on the part of Snitker. The Nats got robbed in so many ways off winning the World Series the year before the pandemic. And so if at least one wrong can be righted to at least some extent, good. I mean, you know, Davey Martinez being a coach for the 2022 All-Star Game does not make up for the many other things that the Nats were robbed of because the season following their World Series championship was that pandemic season. But this is something. And I I think this is certainly a well-intentioned something from Brian Snitker. So a good job by him. It'll be cool to see Davey partaking in the All-Star game. I mean, you think about things objectively, right? The Nats probably are only going to have one player on the National League All-Star team. I I mean, I guess maybe two, you know, maybe Josh Bell and Juan Soto. But I mean, those are your only two realistic possibilities in terms of Nats being in the All-Star game. Um, You know, you might say, well, Carl Edwards Jr. deserves it. Yeah, but he's not going to get picked for the All-Star game being realistic about things. So, you know, Bell and Soto and, you know, given the season that the Nats are having, you would think they are a prime candidate to be one of those teams that ends up having just one player uh, in the All-Star game. So you'll at least have uh, two Nationals representing the franchise at the All-Star game and Davey Martinez and whichever player gets selected. And who knows, maybe the Nats do get both Bell and Soto on that NL All-Star team. Game two for the Nats against the Pirates at Nationals Park is on Tuesday night at 7.05. Patrick Corbin will be the Nats starting pitcher. You can always email the podcast, natschatpodcast at gmail.com. We got a smart email from Owen Ranger regarding a conversation that we had on a recent installment of the Nats Chat Podcast. Uh, Writes Owen, in the most recent episode, Al and Mark were lamenting the dearth of non-first-round picks who have done anything in the majors. I had actually looked this up recently and can tell you that only four Mike Rizzo picks after the first round who signed with the Nats, have produced as much as 2.0 war, baseball reference version, in their careers. And those four players are Michael A. Taylor, Robbie Ray, Billy Burns, and Nick Pavetta. Continues Owen. Only Taylor, of course, accumulated any of that value as a national. I feel like that really hammers home the point that they were making. There have been no hidden gems for quite some time, and given the franchise's track record with pitcher development, I have serious doubts Ray would have done as well as he has done had Rizzo not traded him as an A-ball lottery ticket. Uh, Thank you for the email, Owen. Very good email. And yeah, I mean, that is a sobering email when you read through that list of names. Uh, Not just who is on that list, but how short that list is. Michael A. Taylor, Robbie Ray, Billy Burns, and Nick Pavetta. That's it. I mean, that is, that's a murderer's row of MLB all-star level talent there, right? Yeah, it's been a real problem. It's been a real problem for the Nats. Not just missing on first round picks, but not having like anything in the way of diamonds in the rough. You just have not had that. I mean, go through all of the Nats' good players over the last 10 or so years. These are guys who the Nats signed. These are guys who the Nats traded. Or these are first-round picks who did hit, but those first-round hits are from, you know, longer than, say, five, six, seven years ago. So, you know, someone like a Steven Strasburg, first-round hit. Bryce Harper, first-round hit. Anthony Rendon, first-round hit. Uh, Drew Storen, to an extent, first round hit. You get the idea. But like, where are the diamonds in the rough? I mean, baseball is filled 
with non-first-round picks who end up becoming really good players. The Nats just haven't had enough of those guys, and uh, that's something that pretty clearly needs to change. You can always hit us up on Twitter, at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, NatsChatPodcast.com. You can get yourself a Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt by going to NatsChatPodcast.square.site. That's NatsChatPodcast.square.site. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already doing that. Subscribing Make sure that you never miss an episode. Also, if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please give the podcast a five-star rating. Uh, Mark will be back with me on the next installment of the Nats Chat Podcast. Until then, I'm Al Galdi, and we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. Nats 3, Pirates 2. Runner at second, two out top of the ninth. Three balls and a strike to count. Finnegan sets. The kick and the pitch to Park. Swung on, hit high in the air to straightaway center field. Victor Robles moving in under and waiting. This should do it. He makes the catch and a curly W's in the books. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.